Hello, and welcome to the Wild Wonder Podcast, where we seek to demystify and democratize holistic wellness practices by speaking with today's leading practitioners. I am your host, Kristen Yorka, and today we are privileged to have herbalist and creator of Torches Ceremonials, Britt Josa. Let's get started. So welcome to the podcast. We'll just cut that part out. Um, I was so excited to speak with you because I think it was two months ago that I won your giveaway yeah. and you sent me all these wonderful products and that was my first introduction to your work and full disclosure last night I took your, I think this is your lucid dreaming, I'm not sure what it's called. Yeah, yeah. sleep to dream. Sleep mm -hmm. to dream and this morning I took the violet essence which is my favorite. So first things first, how did you, what is herbalism for those of us that don't know? Because I have a very small understanding. I attempted to study herbalism uh, four or five years ago and, and then I didn't, didn't follow up. But I would love like a, maybe a short introduction to what herbalism is. Yeah. Um, herbalism, you know, it's not so incredibly complex. Um, well, it is complex, but it is very accessible. Um, and really, the basis of it is just the study of plants as medicine. So, you know, that's kind of the groundwork for everything is um, viewing plants as what we take into our bodies to help heal and nourish our bodies. Um, so whether that's as food or as literally, you know, in liquid form, extracted and taken as a tincture um, for a specific purpose. Um, it can be kind of used in, in a lot of different ways and modalities, if you will. Yeah. How did you get into it? Because I read on your bio that your mom kind of inspired this interest in herbalism. But can you kind of give us the backstory on that, how one thing led to the other? Yeah, for sure. So I I guess we'll go way back. Um, in high school, when I was in high school, um, I, after a long string of events and misdiagnoses and doctor's visits, um, was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a whole journey. <laughs> but um, you were mom, diagnosed. I was. Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. And my mom had been struggling with, you know, an even longer period of time trying to figure out what was going on and, you know, was diagnosed with lupus and um was just, you know, chronically tired and she was also diagnosed with chronic fatigue. And um, actually through my diagnosis with Lyme disease, she was like, let me see what's going on. Like, maybe that's what's going on with me. Oh. So she ended up actually getting diagnosed with Lyme disease. And hers, oh, wow. I mean, it's a really, really, I mean, it's a very interesting, you know, disease like mm. it is so it can be you get bit by a tick and that's what I was wondering because that's the only time I've ever heard of it is somebody got bit by a tick and now they have Lyme disease exactly um and you know if you catch it really quickly mm -hmm. you can you know the doctors recommend to take 
antibiotics for a couple of weeks and it should be gone. But mm-hmm. it's a different story when you didn't know that you got bit by a tick and right. it just kind of stays in your system and it mm-hmm. really wreaks havoc on like tons of body systems. Um, so it can manifest in a lot of different ways and it's really hard to diagnose. And also there, you know, I think at this point now there's probably a lot more research, but when, you know, we were going through trying to figure it out, there wasn't a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, um, you know, I was going through a healing journey. My mom was going through a healing journey. You know, she was hooked up to an IV of antibiotics for, you know, a period of time. I was on antibiotics for a year straight, basically. And what does it feel like? Like you can't, like you don't have the energy to go about your day? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, you can have pain in weird, in weird, in varied parts of the body. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was just fatigue. Yeah. Being so Mm -hmm. tired, just, you know, not being able to like get through the day. I would get home from school and I would go take a nap immediately. Then I'd wake up and try to finish everything. And it was, you know, it just affects your immune system a lot. So you're not able to, to fight off like a common cold as easily and all of these things. Um, so yeah, so it mm-hmm. it's really it varies from person to person depending on how long it and all of this. But mm-hmm. um, since she'd had it for a really long time, like I had mentioned, she was really going. She was really going through it. Wow. So um, that led her to being like, there has to be another way. Like there mm-hmm. has to be something else. You know, and, desperation leads to yeah. insane. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, she had a background in nutrition and um, that's kind of what I'm sure sparked this, this interest in natural health. You know, she always had us on like different, really like all these different kinds of health foods. I remember her taking wheatgrass shots and, (laughs) you know, all that stuff. So she was always kind of leaning that way and um, just started looking into it and started doing a ton of research on Lyme disease and um, autoimmune disorders and just um, finding out about all of these alternative, you know, ways of, of healing oneself. And so is Lyme disease an autoimmune disease and disorder? I think think it can be classified as that. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, what I know from 10, over 10 years ago, there's probably more research on that. So I definitely mm-hmm. don't want to say that that's what it is. Um, but yeah, it's like I said, highly complicated. So um, she basically, you know, found out about there's something called colloidal silver, which is also right. really hard to explain, but basically it's really tiny particles. And she was able to get off of her IV antibiotic treatment um, and use that. So that was like when the light bulb went off, like, oh my gosh, you know, we, I, I a hundred percent believe that there is a place and time for Western medicine or allopathic medicine. You'll hear Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, But I also think you know, when you have a choice, if you're able to make a choice, if, if 
herbal medicine or alternative medicine is accessible to you, mm-hmm. um, I try to go that route first. So mm-hmm. it's a total flip from what we're used to, right? Like mm-hmm. anything that's wrong with us, we go straight to the doctor and they give us a pill of some sort and we're on with our day. Mm-hmm. But learning about all of the background of of Western medicine and um, and and quite frankly, it's shortcomings in some ways. Mm. Um, it that really opened my eyes of just this lived experience of like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I mean, we can we can heal ourselves, you mm. know. After I was done with that uh, that study of mm. just kind of natural health. Um, I decided from there that I wanted to focus on herbalism because that just really clicked with me. So I came to Asheville to study herbalism and just fell in love. So I was like, I have to get, I have to get there. I have to live there (laughs) and um, eventually moved closer this way into Mm -hmm. Western North Carolina. And it is just such a diverse, um, it's a very biodiverse region, so there are so many plants that grow here. And I'm a very tactile person. You know, if I if I read about something, it'll get in there, but it's not yeah. going to go in there in my brain as well as if I'm, like, touching and smelling and, like, hearing about the plant or, um, like, I go home and look it up to figure out what it is. Mm. And I knew that I really needed to be immersed in this world as well as I could be in order to really learn and to take, take it in. Um, okay. Because that's, that's, again, that's how I learn and that's how I kind of observe mm-hmm. things the best. That's so cool. So you move close to Asheville. How much time between that and you starting uh, torches ceremonials? I think it was like, that was such a strong period of transformation. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a uh, a Saturn return baby yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I had, um, like I said, I I had come to Asheville to study herbalism. Mm-hmm. Was living back in Charlotte and had started kind of creating a few different things. And mm-hmm. uh, I've always loved to make to make products of, of sort, um, to give to friends and family. That's like my love language. So, um, when I moved here, I lived by myself and was like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, I was like, should I go back to school again? Um, should, you know, what should I do? And finally the wisdom that I received was, just do what you know how to do already. Like Mm -hmm. what you have, use what you know. And for me, that was um, the herbal smoke blends that I was already making and kind of, you know, through being a little bit familiar with the Asheville area, there are so many healers here. and so many herbalists and, you know, so many folks that are offering medicine. And I didn't see at that time um, anyone who was focusing. I will not say that there are plenty of herbalists that make smoke blends, but I didn't see anyone that was really focusing on them 
So I was like, okay, maybe this is where I can kind of like sneak in. (laughs) Then I feel like, you know, is really helpful for people. So um, to roundabout answer your question, yeah, (laughs) six months, maybe time I moved to where, you know, I went through a long winter of self-reflection. Dark night of the soul. (laughs) Really felt like that. And um, yeah, I remember that spring being like, all right, we're doing it. Torches is born. So, but yeah. I want to be able to highlight the idea you said, use what you know, or kind of you had this wisdom of kind of doubling down on what you already knew. And that's so difficult to do in the culture in which we're in, which is always on to the next thing or be more, learn more, do more. You know, it's very hard to be a person here in the United States and not feel like you need the next degree, the next certification, the next you know, thing. How do you stick to your guns on that? I feel like I'm learning that every day. Um, <laughs> I think I saw in one of your podcasts that you're an Aries son. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like, um, what we do. Like, I mean, I'm just like, oh, let's start something else. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in that right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in that right now. And I literally had to tell myself a couple days ago, just finish what you started, you know? I feel like I tell myself that every day. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a checking, it's a checking in. It really is. It's a checking in. Every time I'm, I'm kind of trying to reach outside of myself to reaching for something mm-hmm. um you know I give myself a couple weeks that's what I actually oh, did okay. I was considering taking a course and I put on my calendar it's coming up here in mm-hmm. a little bit um okay let's revisit you know because I have a tendency to move swiftly as Aries do mm-hmm. and um you know, I was like, I really need to check in with myself. And what came through was, okay, well, first of all, I'm coming from a place of transition right now. And, you know, they all the eclipses were super intense for me, brought up a whole lot. And so like, kind of noticing what your mental state is, and where your heart's at, What do you have that you might not have finished yet? Mm. Are you in a place where you might be able to finish those things first and kind of feel better? Because it's like, it it just, you know, reminds me of juggling, right? Like I just caught this ball and I threw it (laughs) up in the air and it's still there. I haven't caught it yet, but yet I'm trying to catch something else, but I still have a few up here and throwing more balls up. That's how I feel right now when I really take a step back and objectively look at it. And I'm like, okay, no, I I need to finish a few things before I start something else and overwhelm myself. It's so funny that you said that because I use that phrase all the time. I always say, nothing has landed yet. (laughs) All these things up here and nothing has landed yet. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So big Aries feels on that one. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) 
But um, going back to the moon, you said the eclipses were really intense. I think they were really intense for a lot of people. But you actually use the moon cycles in your work in order to produce these wonderful tinctures and um, other crafts that you do. How how does that work? Because I'm I'm not totally clear on how do you use the moon to tell you when to harvest or create these things. Mm, oh my gosh, we could talk for. <laughs> um, that was. Moon medicine has, you know, oof, just, I, I think it's just so beautiful because literally every single person on this earth can see the moon and has access to moon medicine. And that is like what makes it so beautiful and so powerful. And um, there are, you know, just like the moon affects the tides and our energy levels. It also affects uh, energy levels in plants. So kind of really tuning into that for purpose of medicine making as far as what my intention is for a certain medicine. Mm -hmm. I might harvest plants or make medicine on a certain moon cycle depending on what I'm trying to bring forward. Um, And so as far as harvesting plants goes, um, my general rule of thumb and what I've learned is, you know, when we're we're in a new moon phase, so we just came out of that, um, you know, we're starting over, fresh start, um, seeds are being planted, you know, and this is kind of when the energetic plant cycle is starting over as well. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to harvest plants starting pretty much now okay. until the full moon. And folks say the day before a full moon and the day before and, and the day after a full mm-hmm. moon, you're still really getting that energy um, okay. So I love to harvest plants during that this that this period, and okay. um, you know it's kind of said that the energy is gradually flowing upwards as the moon is waxing. So mm-hmm. you're kind of you're getting that um, rising energy when you're harvesting plants around this time, and after that full moon, same thing. It's kind of like the plants are receding, going back down. And there's a difference, of course, between aerial plants, the aerial parts of the plants, which are mm-hmm. literally um, what touches the air. That's how you mm-hmm. can kind of remember it. So anything we see right now is an aerial part of a plant. Okay. And that's what's above the surface, right? So mm-hmm. we can harvest these aerial plants that are um, getting energy drawn up into them during this period. And then if we're looking to harvest roots, it might be a really great time after the moon is um, waning. So the energy is flowing back down into the plant, back down into the earth. And yeah, that's a really lovely time to harvest roots, root plants. So that's kind of my general rule of thumb for harvest. And of course, sometimes you just got to make some, you just got to make some medicine, you know, and it's like, <laughs> It might be whatever moon cycle that is, it's totally fine, but I just find it really beautiful, um, a really beautiful way to to work with the plants. And 
of course, you know, an added layer there is um, also looking at what, you know, what astrological sign the sun is in, um, and then also what what sign the moon is in as well um, is a lovely way to kind of get those energies and and sort of um, yeah just just kind of like infuse those energies in with the medicine and those intentions as well I really love working with that too so yeah kind of a kind of a um, quick you kind of just blew my mind because it feels like such like a dense topic for me because I'm not an herbalist but to put it in those simple terms, in terms of the moon and how plants' energy rises and falls, I think really created a clear picture for me. Mm-hmm. I think what um, may drive it home, the intention part, I wonder if you could tell us with um, Violet Essence, what was the intention and then how do you work with that intention in terms of like the moon and harvesting and all of those ideas? Mm, yeah. Um. So I actually had made some flower essences earlier on in my herbal journey mm-hmm. and hadn't really felt the calling to make them until last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the pandemic really had a lot of us slowing down yes. and um, maybe in our backyards more, maybe outside more, maybe looking around our house more. <laughs> <laughs> But I really got this, like, deep calling, urge, mm. urgency <laughs> to make a flower essence. And I had not – it's not part of my offerings, mm. but I also – or it wasn't part of my offerings. Mm. And, um, I was kind of starting to get outside of that box that I had built for myself, which mm. said I can – Torches is only burnables. <laughs> <laughs> and I, after a few years, um, I think four years or so, I was like, I'm tired of this. Like, why did I limit myself, you know? But I feel like as an Aries, that's like one of the things I do for myself. I create boxes for myself so I don't get distracted and move on to the next thing too quickly. Mm. So sometimes those um, boundaries that I set for myself are really good in the moment but not necessarily long-term because I think I went through the same thing through the pandemic. Like, why did I stifle myself in this way that I only think I can produce this type of work when I'm being called to do something else? So I totally get that. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really interesting insight as well. It's like Mm -hmm. a, maybe not a defense mechanism, but Mm -hmm. like a way for us to make sure we keep ourselves in check. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) yeah so I'd already kind of started making tinctures and being okay with that (laughs) so I was like sure why not do a flower that's great um but you know the violets were just calling to me Mm -hmm. and um you know first first of all it's about slowing down it's about Mm -hmm. looking around and what's standing out to you at that time. And I had, I had that, um, Mm -hmm. I was doing those things and yeah, I mean, it really was just this message of, I need to work with this plant and, Mm -hmm. um, they're just glittering my backyard Mm -hmm. and 
I waited until the, it was a full moon and I know the sun was in Aries. So now what's the opposite? So Libra. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Not remember where. Um, So Libra, Libra moon, Aries sun. Thank you. And it was actually my birthday also and a super moon. So I was like, okay, got these violets. They're going to be good for a little while. I'm going to make this medicine. And Mm -hmm. the way that I like to make um, my essences and that I developed that time was really sitting with the plant and um, kind of receiving those energies receiving the message from the plant also i love to cast a circle Mm -hmm. um i love to yeah just sit with it light a candle um and really listening and receiving what that plant medicine wants to bring forward Mm -hmm. and so you know it's on the one hand being open and then on the other hand sort of knowing through sitting with the plant what I've received from it. And, mm-hmm. you know, e- and even like old anecdotes, right? Like um, we've probably heard shy violet before, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, that's kind of one of those, one of the medicines that kind of came forward was, you know, don't be afraid to shine your light. And that's what came through really was this like magnificent beauty of a violet that you might not see unless you, unless it just catches your eye, you know, it's not this like boastful, Mm -hmm. huge sunflower. It's this like glittering, beautiful, like kind of dark, really sweet energy. And that, you know, I, I hope that that comes through in the medicine, but I think it does. And and how perfect that it was made by an Aries on her birthday with the super moon, because Aries are all about getting all of us to be able to shine a little brighter, to be able to like step into our power. Right. At least that's how I interpret it. Like we can be hot headed and a lot of other things, but I think what we, inspire others to do is to step forth like kind of let your freak flag fly and be who you are right and yeah. don't be a shrinking violet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly and what's so funny is that when i asked you i reached out and asked you how to use it and you were kind of like use it when you feel like you need it and don't when you don't i'm like that is so perfect <laughs> and so perfect <laughs> for me that can never keep track of when i'm supposed to take things <laughs> But it really has worked well and how empowering to be able to give yourself the medicine when you feel like you need it and then not take it when you don't. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, that that's one of the lovely things about flower essences is that they work on this energetic level. So, um, you know, it's something we can have with us. We can carry it with us. We can put it somewhere we're going to see it. And I do notice that when I need it, I I reach for mm-hmm. it and I remember it. And maybe I know that this is something that 
whatever I'm working through is maybe sort of deeper seated and that I need to, or I feel the call to um, be pretty consistent. And, you know, so that's when I'll try and, you know, keep it somewhere where I can see it and try to mm-hmm. take it every day. And, you know, that's what they say about flower essences. It's like, you know, maybe you're really trying to be consistent about taking it every day for a week or two weeks or however mm-hmm. long. And once you forget, yeah. they say that the medicine has done its work. So, you know, I think that's really lovely too. That's great. And th- is it true to say that it works on everybody differently in terms of flower essences? Um what I feel when I take the violet essence may be different than what you feel or another person. Mm-hmm. Is it adaptogenic in that way? I would say yes. Yeah, for sure. I, I hopefully, you know, there are common threads um, with what people are experiencing with the medicine. Um, you know, Sophia from Divine mm-hmm. Voice Britannica, yeah. you know, she said, that it's really helped her find her voice. Mm. And so I think that's really lovely. And it's, it's like in line with letting yourself shine. Right. Okay. So it's like, I'm, I think everybody, pro- everybody I'm sure will have a different experience and people will probably feel it stronger or not as strong. And it's, again, it's like what you mm-hmm. said about mentioning adaptogens, how they kind of, um, change in different in different folks bodies depending on what they need at that time I definitely do believe that's true for flower essences I love hearing that about Sophia because when I I had a different experience with the violet essence Um, not so much about finding my voice but maybe stepping further into my femininity because I feel like that is my challenge most often than not Um, to get out of my head and more into my heart and be able to like do my art in a different way um mm-hmm. instead of being so heady and logical all the time yeah. over here um <laughs> but i felt like that's how it helped me which is another way to find your voice it's just another area of yourself um left yeah. to explore. absolutely and pl- i mean and that's kind of one of the basics of when we're learning about allopathic medicine western medicine versus um you know, natural, natural medicine, herbalism, all of these older traditions, one of the main differences is there's talk in Western medicine, like this for that, like Hmm. violets are for grief and opening the heart and that's it, you know, but when we look at it from a holistic point of view, it's like this violet is it's like its own being that is, you know, it's like a, it's like a diamond in the way that it, it can be multifaceted Mm -hmm. and there isn't just one part of the violet that we can use or that is helpful, right? There are so many different facets of this plant. And so we can't just say that there's one thing that we're using for, um, and so, yeah, there's also that huge experience of like, you know, just all of the different, all of the different facets of the plants and how they, they might manifest in energetically in, in different people. But the goal is to, to 
just integrate this this plant and plant medicine into our everyday lives and to take it consistently rather than once and to have it you know snap a finger and everything is cured you know with that quickness with that swiftness again we do i am not to discount because I certainly believe there is a place in time, 100%. Um, but with that comes so many problems, right? Um, once we think we fix our high cholesterol, we realize that all of these side effects are popping up. And now we're having to take medicine for those. And then medicine for those side effects, you know? And it's like, in an instant, it seems like a quick fix and like very helpful, but for the long term, it isn't um, always. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about how, you know, we've got to change how we think about healing when we switch over to this type of medicine because it does take longer oftentimes, but it's often a lasting change and the goal you know is to shift from this capitalistic mindset in a way of well i want you to be able to you know come and let's talk about what your needs are and then hopefully you can make these medicines yourself one day if you choose or not have to come back <laughs> you know right. That's the goal. Um, and, you know, for people to be able to take their health into their own hands, literally, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, to be educated and to, yeah, to be able to heal themselves. This knowledge is within us, you know, it's mm -hmm. how we have, how we're here as a species. Um, yeah. We evolved and learned how to use plants as medicine and, and we're here. So, you know, this knowledge is not lost within us and we can tap into that at any time. Um, and, you know, the whole kind of panacea, I think, I think that might be the word, but like <laughs> sort of, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, yeah. it's kind of, it, it goes kind of right along with that. Like, yeah. I, I also think you just made me think of how when, we take medicine and it's fixed right away. At least it, when I started using plant medicine, I was um, pregnant with my daughter because I couldn't take anything else and I had a slew of allergies and you know all the things I could have, my scoliosis and everything else. So with um, under a Ayurvedic doctor, I started with um, herbal remedies for that. Um, and I noticed that what I had been using before as like allergy medications and all of that would fix it in the instance, but it would rob me of the experience, like the psychological understanding of how and why this occurred. Because when you take a medicine and it works instantly, we don't have the time to really consider, like, why is this happening in the first place? How do I feel about it? Is it really a physical thing or is it somewhat tied to emotion or you know, something psychological or in terms of my back, I mean, there's definitely a tie between when I get back pain and when I'm moving too fast, you know, and my body's like, you need to sit down for a long time, you know? <laughs> so sometimes when we seek to like just instantly cure something, maybe we're robbing ourselves of that 
experience of, of really like self-investigation and to see what's going on. And I think that's what you're talking to when we have that experience and really begin to analyze ourselves, then we could heal ourselves in the long run without having to, you know, rely on something outside of ourselves. Yeah, that is beautiful. That really is so, so deep wisdom there. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Hard one wisdom there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, you know, that's what that's what they say is that you know um any symptom that we have is is a manifestation of of something deeper so i think that's really an an interesting and like a very important thing to observe for sure it's like yeah why why am i having this pain and what led to this and you know there's a balance there uh, of course because right. it's not always it's not our fault always and we have right. to have you know compassion for ourselves as well but right there has yeah. to be compassion especially there's no victim blaming here like i i don't blame myself for being born with scoliosis it's something that i have to be aware of or else you know i experience certain injuries and pain at the same time i experience more injuries and pain in times of stress emotional stress or or if i'm like striving too hard and i have to take that into account as well Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think that goes for everyone. But you spoke on um, moving away from this capitalistic system of um, medicine. And I would love to speak on how we um, kind of treat our plants better and move away from constant harvesting in order to sell and kind of do that in a more sustainable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to be said there for sure. It's again, it's kind of about this quick, um, it's about this, this quickness and this haste, hastefulness. Is hasteful a word? Hasteful? Hasty? It is now. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we read about something and we um, hear about it and we are like, I need that now mm-hmm. and I need it fast. And and so we run out and we get it and we get as much as we can so we can make as much money off of it as 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 humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is just not the way. <laughs> it is just not the way. Um, it's not respectful to the planet. It's not respectful to the plants. And you know, um, there's a there should be, you know, enough for all of us, but we have to be respectful of of everyone else that's here, every human that's on this planet, as well as all of the other, the animals, the animal life, you know. Um, there's a reason why we don't harvest a plant, an entire plant out in, in the wild, you know, if we see berries when we're we're looking for wild food you know we don't harvest all of those berries because we know that there are some animals out there that really might be looking for food and that's their primary food source and what they're relying on um so there's a lot of responsibility that comes with wild crafting and um foraging for food and medicine but What I will say is, you know, 
before you go out, if you're going to do it, um, mm -hmm. like I have mentioned, you know, I have learned so much through being with plants and experiencing them in nature. And so I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And I think that everyone can do that. We just have to go into it with reverence, right? Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, making sure we have a, a book with us to, um, to, to let us know what it is that we're identifying or someone with us that can help us out with what we're looking for. And, um, also, you know, definitely if you can, if you're able to visit a place multiple times, um, like every year, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for a specific plant so that you're familiarizing yourself with the place and you can keep an eye on that plant every year, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like I have a farmer friend that I work with who, mm -hmm. um, she has a lot of wormwood and, um, also lavender and that I've been working with her for probably three years now. Mm -hmm. Um, this might be my fourth year working with her, but last year I did not harvest lavender at all because her lavender had gotten overtaken by her hops. Oh. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, her wormwood was like not doing very well. It is like mm. bounce back awesome this year, but mm. that's just an example and not an example of something wild necessarily, but mm. you know, just seeing those plants year after year, I feel like I have a relationship with them now. And so I can tell that this plant doesn't look as healthy as it did last year. Maybe it needs a break. Um, that's really helpful if you can, um, just observing over time. And also, you know, if there is a plant out there, um, are there more, you know, like how many of those plants are, are around? Is it abundant? Is it what we consider weedy? Um, mm -hmm. you know, even if it, even if that plant is considered a weed in an area, I mm -hmm. still want to harvest from a place of abundance, right? I don't want to okay. take the one plant right. growing in the field, <laughs> you know, and then disturb that entire ecosystem. Mm. Um, I'd rather go to a place where it's quite abundant. So, yeah, I like to work with mostly weeds and um, things that I not mostly all the plants that I harvest wild are we are considered to be weeds. So very cool. And you you work with the same farmers all the time. You work with certain yeah. farmers. Yeah, I um, it's a combination. So. Like I mentioned, there are a few weeds that I harvest. Um, there are a few things that I grow myself. Mm. And there are a handful of farmers I've been so blessed to work with that um, I have a relationship with them where I can go to their farms and harvest the plants myself. So mm. that's super helpful for me because of the what I do with them. I might need like a long stem for a bouquet, a burning bouquet, or I might need um, to have the ability to like pick and choose what I actually want to use for the medicine mm -hmm. um, for a smoke blend per se. 
So, and being able to like dry the plants myself and control that aspect of it mm. is really great too. So yeah, it's really fun. I love it. You know, my favorite movies growing up were Fern Gully and The Medicine Man. So you're like my Fern Gully Medicine Man dream come true right now. <laughs> I've never seen Medicine Man. I need to check no? that out. Mm -mm. Oh. oh, man. I think I watch it once a year because I remember being a kid and that was the first realization of like, oh, plants are medicine. Like you can do that. It's a, it's a horribly sad movie, um, but also beautiful in terms of like how plants are used. Um, to both help and I think there's an aspect of that movie if I remember it correctly where they were harming the indigenous people of the area um, and he had to come to terms with that but that's a whole nother story mm -hmm. but I know you uh, you do want to speak on um, cultural appropriation um, mm -hmm. in terms of herbalism so I'd love to touch on that before we go um, because we could probably talk for another two hours but <laughs> oh yeah that could certainly be two hours yeah um, well, I guess in a quick, a, the quickest way to approach that very broad um, and very, very important topic mm -hmm. is um, when, you know, thinking about what plants to harvest, it's definitely important not only to find out if it's abundant in your area or Conversely, if it is um, at risk or endangered, very important. United Plant Savers is a really great resource for that. Um, but also, why is this plant here? <laughs> you know, yeah. is it native to the area? Um, is it sacred to a group of people? Is it sacred to a group of native people? Um, is it was it brought over by you know? European people um, mm -hmm. and why was it brought over for that reason mm -hmm. you know like we mentioned dandelion earlier mm -hmm. um, that was a culinary herb to um, to French folks and they use that in cooking super often and now we just like throw it away like it's oh. but it's like um, it's really cool to find out what the history is of the plants that we mm -hmm. are harvesting and to be very careful about what we're using because again it, that plant could be very sacred and and going back to previous um, talks mm. about you know over harvesting I mean that is extremely harmful and dangerous to mm. to people that do um, use those plants for ceremony and that those plants that are so deeply ingrained mm -hmm. in their culture and um you know i mean white sage of course is what's coming to mind so i was thinking of yeah the great yeah. sage debacle of 2019 yeah <laughs> um, that was a whole that's a whole thing and a huge i hope it was a huge eye-opener mm -hmm. and was certainly something that um that I was considering when starting torches and that kind of has been a topic of it's been definitely a challenge and a good challenge it, mm. it's kind of really put me in my place to be like do I have any do I have any place you know mm. working with these plants or or bundling them as I have been or or what have you and it's led to mm. a lot of self-exploration I think that's 
what is important to do is just looking at where the plants come from, where they were used and also going within and exploring your own cultures and what your people used as medicine. And that is a whole journey of exploration within itself. But again, just treading lightly and being um, very mindful of the plants that we're using and why we're using them. I think that's beautiful. And I think more people should know about your work. So if you don't mind, I'd love for you to share what you're working on, where everyone can find you. Yeah. Anything else you want to share? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I've kind of started doing these shop updates by the moon, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've been aiming to sort of be like making products leading up to the full moon and then have a full moon shop update so the next one's coming up on the 26th I believe of June um, Mm -hmm. around that time and so that's kind of when the shop goes live and um, folks can purchase things for usually about a week or so depending Mm -hmm. on how it's going and and or until things sell out and Mm -hmm. then I kind of go into this phase of packing and shipping Mm -hmm. give myself time to do that and um, then kind of started all over again. So I'm hoping that this release, I'll have some herbal body oils that I've been working on. Um, Finally gonna try and bottle those up and should have some smoke blends, should have some burning bundles. The smoke Um, blends, what are they used for? Because I'm always so curious. You can use it like a medicine or use it in ceremony. Either way, yeah, I, you can, you know, I love to be mindful about when I'm smoking and why I'm smoking and definitely love to use those as part of ceremony. But, you know, they can also be used in place of smoking tobacco if you're trying to work on not smoking as much, you know. Um, I was able to stop smoking tobacco pretty much completely or really changed my relationship with it by incorporating smokable herbs. So, um, yeah, it's a really great tool, very helpful. Um, and I have loose packs, so you can roll your own. I have pre-rolled, which are really fun. So, yeah, they're great. Um, so yeah, I'll have a few different things up on my website for the shop update. And how do folks find out when everything's up and ready to go out? Um mostly through Instagram and uh so if you go to my main page it's just torches ceremonials all one word and if you go to the link in my profile there's a link to my shop um Mm -hmm. but I also have a link to my newsletter which trying to work on getting better (laughs) but um, just getting into folks inboxes is Mm -hmm. good because you know we're all dealing with the algorithm and uh I know folks aren't always seeing things if they want to be seeing them. So trying to get trying to get on there a little bit to alert people who aren't necessarily yeah. seeing things. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll put all your links and things in the description of this video and on the podcast notes. Um, is there anything else you want to share? Anything exciting and new coming up? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all exciting, right? Everything's right, happening. Yeah. It's blooming. I'm, I'm excited to see what 
um, messages are going to come through from the plant this season, um, whether it's to just be still and calm and just observe and focus on, you know, being present or um, maybe it's going to be like specific medicine that comes through. So yeah, I'm excited to for what the summer and the fall and the harvest is going to bring. Yeah, I'm excited to find out. So I'll definitely sign up for your, your newsletter and I hope other folks will too. I want to thank you for coming on to the Wild Wonder podcast. This was great. And I feel like I was planning on 30, 40 minutes, but I think we could go for another hour or two. (laughs) So you're welcome back anytime. It was so lovely to meet you. Um, And thank you for all the work you do um, and the education and wisdom you've provided for all of us today. Thank you so much. I'm honored. Really appreciate you. I appreciate you. I hope to see you very soon. Have a most beautiful summer day. (laughs) And I hope to see you very soon. Bye. Bye. And that, folks, was the Wild Wonder Podcast. Thank you for being here with me. I couldn't have done it without you, as the Wild Wonder Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon patrons. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com forward slash wild wonder. You may also find us anytime on our website, wearewildwonder.com, and engage with us on social media as at wearewildwonder. I'll see you next time.